Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. loving using these sounds from the trail that are so raw and just bring you right into the moment. That was from a moment in Jordan when, as we were hiking, we came across a Bedouin man with his donkey along an ancient path that is now known to us as the Jordan Trail. He pulled out a flute and began playing for us right there while his goats with bells on their collars, which you can hear in the background, were wandering the path and the hillsides around us. And this was probably within the first hour of our five-day trek on the Jordan Trail. And this moment surprised us all for several reasons. One, we were surprised to come across anyone in the middle of the canyon that we were hiking through. Um, Two, he had a flute with him and he played it for us. And three, this is the most important part, He wasn't playing because he wanted something from us. He was playing simply because he wanted to give something to us. Something sweet and simple from his heart because that is the nature of a Bedouin in the Jordanian desert. He was the first of many, many Bedouin people that we would meet along our trek. And he really set the stage for us perfectly because everyone after him showed us that same kind hospitality totally welcoming us into their home. This is Jordan. And yes, we are traveling to and through Jordan today. So thank you for being here. I am Traveling Jackie and this is Jump Podcast. And I have done something special with today's episode. Uh, You longtime listeners may have your ears perked up because you have heard us talk Jordan on this podcast before. And yes, we will be reviving and reliving some past experiences today because, well, let me back up and set the stage for a sec. If you are new here, welcome to a not just a podcast because here at Jump, we actually travel together. Um, You can join us at jumpadventures.com. And back in 2018, I took a group to hike the Jordan Trail and with complete honesty, I can say about that trip and about Jordan that it was the single most surprising place I have ever been. It blew my mind more than any other place. Take that for what it's worth. A lot of you know where I've been. And that trip was such a hit that people like you guys have been asking for it again ever basically since we got home. And in 2023, we are bringing it back in more ways than one. And I'll talk about that in a few minutes. But back to the purpose here today, it's not so much a purpose as an inspiration. I actually turned back to two old episodes, specifically they are numbers 94 and 95 um, of this podcast that I had created all about Jordan after going there for the first time in 2018. And since I'm getting ready to take two more groups to Jordan in April of 2023, I wanted to go back and listen and just sort of take myself back to Jordan and get excited all over again. And holy goodness, even I was not prepared for what I was going to hear. And I created the episodes. I laughed so much. I was practically drooling, recalling the food. I felt like on a, almost like a, like a dreamy high, just listening back to these episodes and transporting myself back to the incredible experience that I had in Jordan in 2018. And that inspired me to recreate that dreamy escapism experience uh, and invite you to go there with me here today. So this episode is a direct result of that. And I will warn you now, you are about to be taken far, far away to a truly amazing place in the Middle East 
Um, what I've done is actually take pieces out of the two episodes that you can go back and listen to in their entirety if you'd like. If you want more, more, more Jordan, and I wouldn't blame you. Um, but I've edited together some of the stories from those episodes into this one episode today so that we can sort of enjoy it all in one place. And then, yes, of course, if you want more, go back and listen to 94 and 95 for the full experience. Um, so I just mentioned that we are bringing Jordan back in more ways than one in 2023. So here's what you need to know as it applies to you and your dreams of traveling to Jordan, which if you do not have them yet, oh man, (laughs) run away now or you will for certain (laughs) be dreaming of going to Jordan by the time you finish this episode. Um, And you know what I am here for, right? I am here to invite you to go. No matter how you go, I invite you to go. And I have two ways that you can do that with Jump going forward. Um, one, if we have spots left for our group trips, you can come with us. Those are available for the taking. So jump on it. If you want to join us, um, on our group trips there in April and May, 2023, you can find those at jumpadventures.com slash Jordan. Or if you can't make those dates work or the trip is sold out, or you're listening to this in the future, but you just absolutely have to make Jordan happen yourself because yes, you do. I can help you with that. Um, As long as you have minimum two people, I can set you up with the same itinerary that we are doing as a group so you can have all of the fun that you are about to hear what we did in 2018 and what we are about to do in 2023 again. So um, yeah, you can reach out to us at support at jumpadventures.com. You can email us and let us know when you want to go. We can still make it happen together and make sure that you are in the best of hands for your own trip to Jordan. So if you would like help with that, we are here for you for that. Um, I am so super excited to get to go back to this land of magic next year. I am excited to get to introduce or reintroduce Jordan to you here today. So let me tell you a little bit about what you're going to hear and who you're going to hear on today's show. Um, And this actually begins with a little story from my university years. When I was 20, my third year of college, I studied abroad in Turin, Italy for a year. And one of my fellow study abroad classmates and very fast dear friends for that year of adventure was Ban Barkawi. She is Jordanian. She went to university in California, which is how she ended up studying abroad in Italy in the same program as me. And we have stayed friends through all this time, even though Facebook was barely even a blip on the radar at the time that we met. Um, But fast forward, she is living back in Jordan now, and she was there in 2018 as well. So when I went to Jordan, I actually got to see her and hang out with her. And she is the other voice that you are going to hear for the majority of this episode as we sort of attempt to unpack what is Jordan. Um, If you want to hear more about her and her story, make sure you go back and listen to episode 95 um, because that's where she shares a lot more about uh, who she is and where she came from, which is super interesting. Um, And just remember that what you hear today is just pieces of the two full episodes. So if you want to dig a little deeper, we answer other questions about Jordan. Um, If you want to go deeper with us, you have episodes 94 and 95 to listen to next. So there you go. Today, Ben and I will chat about most things Jordan, all things Jordan, including safety in the country, uh, what to wear. Yeah, we're going to talk dress codes, language. There's a little Arabic language lesson involved, which is super fun. Um, the food, my goodness, the food. We go to Wadi Rum. We go to the Dead Sea. We talk about what it's like to float in the Dead Sea. Um, the Jordan Trail and the hike that my group did to Petra, the same, well, we're going to do a similar similar hike to Petra on this next trip. Um, we talk about Petra itself, which might mean that Indiana Jones may be mentioned once or 15 times. Um, we, of course, talk about the people and the feeling of just being in Jordan and what everyone says about this country, which is the same thing, which is something you're going to hear over and over in this episode, including what I believe that it means. And I am going to leave that with you. Um, Ban is a super famous English radio host in Jordan. So she's a total pro on the mic, which basically means 
She supports me very well as I totally spaz out about how cool Jordan is. <laughs> I mean, I get so excited as we are chatting that it's like I can hardly contain myself. So please bear with the stoke level being totally off the charts. And let me just say that when you go to Jordan yourself, you will understand. And then towards the end of the episode, you'll hear a few more voices. And these are the voices of some of our very own fellow podcast listeners and Jordan 2018 trip participants who are sharing their final thoughts and reflections during our last dinner as a group in Jordan. And I have one other piece of fun news to share, but I'm going to save that for the end because it'll, I think it'll make more sense then. So, ah, okay. We are jumping right into the middle of a conversation that Ben and I have already started. So here we go. Welcome to Jordan. You know what? You are the first person who encouraged me to put Jordan on my bucket list. Oh, yay. Yeah. Um, And that happened. In fact, on my bucket list, it said, because I remember this, it says, I think it says ride camels in Petra with Ben. Like that was my, <laughs> that was my bucket list. Oh, and what a cliche. I love it. I know. It's so cliche. And you know, what? I didn't end up doing that. But I mean, as we all know, the reason for the show, we're talking about Jordan today because I have finally made it to Jordan. I have seen you in Jordan, which is so cool. Jordan. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it was honestly that was an experience for me I mean I know I'm here but to me it was just wow finally it happened after all these years I know Uh, and uh and 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 that's a thing that you actually made it over to Jordan and and still I think some people are hesitant travelers included also non or amateur travelers fact that you actually made it Good for you. No, you're there. I'm actually curious to know how, what your experience was like and whether you had any fear. You know what? That's a great place to start because a lot of people asked me that before I went. And to your, what you were just saying about how uh, some amateur travelers are are, are, um, nervous to go there. I would extend that way past amateur travelers. I think there are a lot of people experience does not have anything to do with it who are nervous to go to the Middle East. And so a lot of people, I mean, I had never been there. It's not like I was, it's not because of fear. It's just, you know, because of opportunity. But I do know that it is because of fear for a lot of people. And a lot of people asked me that before. And I, it was actually the first thing that I posted on my Instagram when I got to Jordan was about that, to address that. Because I really wanted to, I had been in Jordan, what, one day, like, probably a day and a half. And I really wanted to talk about the fear factor because a lot of people ask. And so I'm going to read what I put on my Instagram. And I yeah, I quoted you in this. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> but listen to this. Okay. So I posted a picture of me on a hike near the Syrian and Israel. Well, we can talk about that later too. Borders. Um, <laughs> but... I said, several people asked if I was afraid to come to Jordan. And my honest response after scanning my body for any traces of fear was no. Since I arrived, that has been justified. I've met so many nice people, including the man who greeted me at my at the airport for my transfer and kept calling me my lady. I could get used to that one. Um, I said, yesterday I spent all afternoon with a dear friend of mine, that's you, who lives here in Jordan. And she summed up the safety situation well by relating it to the United States right now. Anything mm-hmm. could go wrong at any given time. Otherwise, it's fine. And I'll stop. I'll stop with it there. I love how you said that because I was definitely more nervous to come back to the U.S. than I was to go to Jordan. So if that says anything, <laughs> oh wow, okay, well that's a statement, and it's true. Oh. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. it's kind of like uh, you, the, the, a piano could fall on your head, kind of thing, right? It could happen <laughs> anywhere. Um, and it's true. Uh, uh, it's true that, I mean, I understand at the same time, I understand the nerves. I get the nerves. I get that because of uh, the instability in the region as a whole over exactly. the past, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say, what is it, 10, no, 10 years, eight years, seven years, for the past seven years with the uh, Arab Spring and mm-hmm. uh, the civil wars across the border and sectarian tension in Syria and Iraq. It, it's understandable uh, in Egypt, obviously. So it's understandable that people are a little bit nervous. Funny enough, Jordan, through all of this, has some, somehow managed to survive and hasn't actually experienced um, a spillover 
to large to a large extent hasn't experienced a, a spillover of the violence um, uh-huh. of that instability. So we've, it's, in fact, I mean, it's been described as uh, an oasis of, of of stability in the region. Yeah. in the middle of all this chaos. So it's the it rock makes sense of the Middle East. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For now, fingers crossed, let's just hope it stays this way. You know what? It has but... been for a really long time. If we're talking about Jordan specifically, it has been for a really long time. And it's also a melting pot because you guys have received, well, you guys, I mean, Jordanians, I mean, you know what I mean? Because your family is Palestinian. Yeah. You guys right. as Jordanians have received refugees for decades from yeah. lots of places. And, you know, it honestly reminds me of another country that I know <laughs> on this side of the pond, you know, like you're kind of a melting right. pot. Um, you're a rock, you're a, you're a leader in your region. You're, I think, a role model for a lot of the countries around you. And um, so if we're talking about Jordan specifically, there's a difference mm-hmm. than the Middle East. Yes, absolutely. So. Exactly. But I think that there's also, I mean, if you want to think of it from a, from a tourism perspective, I think a lot of people might, might know that as well, might know, might recognize that in Jordan specifically, it's a little bit safer. It's a lot more stable than neighboring countries in the region. But I think for the longest time, people figured there isn't enough to see in Jordan. So if I'm going to make it all the way to the Middle East and I'm going to go visit Jordan, I want to be able to visit neighboring countries as well. Otherwise, it's not maybe not worth the ticket or not worth the trip. Um, but I disagree. Oh, I think gosh, I mean, not, me too. <laughs> <laughs> not that I don't think you should visit neighboring countries. I mean, Egypt is beautiful and Lebanon is beautiful and so on and so forth. Um, but you know, Jordan has enough to see and you, I, I, you oh, can, you can yeah. probably vouch for this more than I can. <laughs> and I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I will. I mean, I, that's what we heard talk about, you know, is, is, um, really visiting Jordan because that's what I just did. I went from the North to the South and it was, it blew my mind. You know, mm. Jordan is one of those places that I think the reason that, that maybe, um, you just said what you did about tourism and how, how people might think that Jordan's actually safer. They have had a, a massive tourism initiative. Um, they've got a really great tourism board that is, uh, pushing, promoting travel to the country and has been for a while. And so if you've seen something about Jordan, um, chances are, you know, you've read blogs, you've seen influencers go there, you've seen campaigns happen in Jordan because they are happening. And there is so much to see in Jordan and it's been stable. And, you know, it's like, they're saying our doors are open, like come see us, you know? And finally I've gotten to be part of that and I can only back it up. I mean, um, well, that's good to hear. It, it, you know, it's always it's always a relief to hear that somebody had a positive experience in Jordan. Um, I think most people do when they come visit. Mm-hmm. I think tourism. I mean, we rely heavily on the tourism industry because we don't have a strong economy. You know, a huge part of of the Jordanian economy depends on tourism. So we took a really big blow we suffered a big blow over the past few years. It's just starting to come back now, I think. So Mm -hmm. it helps every time somebody comes here and actually has a positive experience and then can share that experience uh, with others. Yeah. And it helps that there are initiatives like the Jordan Trail, which is relatively new, not the trail itself, but the idea Mm -hmm. of like doing a through hike or hiking parts of the Jordan Trail as so it is named now, um, which is what I just did with my group. Um, things like that are helping bring in tourism sure. as well in a smart sure. and sustainable way um, because a lot of it needs to be guided still, uh, yeah. which I think oh, is yeah. smart. But I was going to say that Jordan is one of those places where I didn't really know what to expect because when people talk about Jordan, they talk about, they use the word, <laughs> I'm going to just say it, they use the word magic. And it's like, okay, so what do you mean by that? Like, what is that? Like, Jordan's one of those magical places. And okay, so you can you can only understand that so much just hearing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you got to go and taste the food and <laughs> meet the people and see the landscapes and learn about the history and, you know, talk to the Bedouins and get in it, like get in there. And then you understand, like, then you connect with the magic. Oh, also you have to float in the Dead Sea because that alone is magic. Oh my gosh. 
You know, I can't even, I can't remember who's, who I was talking to about this at some point. Um, but we were talking about tourism in Jordan and I think we're talking about what is, if you had to, if you had to convince somebody or if, if, if a visit, if you wanted to tell a visitor to Jordan experience one thing in Jordan, what would it be? Mm -hmm. And, um, they said, that the Dead Sea would definitely be the one thing you cannot miss out on because everything else you can see in pictures, mm-hmm. you can watch on video, you can <laughs> yeah. hear, you know, you can hear stories about, but there is nothing quite like floating in the Dead Sea because that is a physical experience. Yeah. You actually have to feel it. And it's, it is kind of crazy. Know, I guess we, you could call it magical. Were we together for that conversation? Because I feel like that might've been one of the people in my group. Because I, w- I also just had that conversation while I was in Jordan with someone. It's possible. It might have been you. <laughs> it might have been in my group. Um, but I... I I'm going to add to that because I I totally agree. I'm going to just take you on a little experience right now because the first time that I went into the Dead Sea, um, I... I really wanted to experience it with a group. So I had been there with um, for a conference and I was at the Dead Sea and I knew I was going to be back with my group. And I was like, you know what? I can't go in by myself. Like this has been on my bucket list. Like I want to do this with people. And I am so glad I waited because when we ended up finally going in, we laughed our heads off like we were being tickled children. Like it was so funny because... You, you, this is exactly why you have to experience it because you can't explain the feeling of what actually happens to your physical body when you enter the Dead Sea. It's like, it's true. It's It's a mixture of pain and. Yeah. Pain. It wasn't pain for me. Oh, that's the tip. Don't, don't shave. Don't Don't shave shave and go to the Dead Sea. Don't shave right before. Yeah. It'll sting because it's super (laughs) salty. But exactly. No, but I mean, if you don't have any scrapes, you know, and, and you you haven't shaved, then it's actually painless and you just float and you like, you like can't control yourself. You just kind of sit there. And like, it's so hilarious. It just kind of takes you over. I mean, it literally took us probably 15 minutes to settle down. We were all laughing, yeah. like just so hard. <laughs> it's just such a funny feeling. And I mean, we're all adults, you know, just like having the time of our lives floating oh, in this salty water. It was so that's, that's funny, it. so that's hilarious. It. And I mean, we, you know, then you get out and you put on the mud because this is right. how they say to do the, the Dead Sea. You get in and you, you know, put yourself in the water. Then you get out and there's mud on the beach that like you can just put on. Um, they have tubs of it, vats of it, like giant right. tubs of it. And you can just slime it all over you and it feels so good. It's like, seriously, like adults it's playing so in the mud. It is so fun too. You just get it. And it's just black mud. You just smear it yep. all over yourself and it's so smushy and smeary and smelly <laughs> and it's amazing. <laughs> and then you wait for it to dry for like, almost. so it's almost dry, like 10 or 15 minutes, depending on the heat. Holy, it was hot when we were there. It was like over a hundred. I can't remember exactly, but it was so, so hot. So, you know, like five minutes later it when is, it's almost it is dry. really hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, definitely really hot. Um, I think, so when were you here again? You were here uh, in... May. The middle May. of May. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the latest. You should come to Jordan if you I don't want to so fry. Because yep. it's really hot. Yeah. It was very end, very, very... End, it's like end of the shoulder season. Which is right, very yeah. short because I think high season goes right up to May and then the shoulder is just super short and then it's like, okay, too hot. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then when you have the mud smeared all over you, you get, in the, you get back in the sea and you just start rubbing it off and it's like, your skin is so skin, soft. Oh. oh my gosh. And the sea is so calm. It's so yeah. beautiful out there. And you just float with everybody and hold hands. <laughs> like, oh, it's and so definitely great. the best sunsets. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, yeah. The sunsets there we had, I I guess we got lucky because I guess it's kind of dusty there sometimes, but we saw some of the most beautiful sunsets over the Dead Sea. That is for sure an experience that you must feel. You have to feel it. You You can't just take this awesome, this awesome storytelling on this podcast. (laughs) You can't take that. You have to go yourself. That's the second best thing you can do. This is Jackie talk about her experience. <laughs> yeah, you. Will, oh, yeah. If you laughed now, you'll laugh even more when you get it. You'll think of me. You'll bob around laughing, and you will think of this podcast. <laughs> Send me a message oh. and tell me you did it, and I'll laugh with you again. It's so great. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, besides the Dead Sea, I also... Okay, let's talk about Petra for a minute because that's the thing. Um, that is the thing, uh, in, in Jordan. That's it's right. one of the, it really is. Yeah. It's really, it's, it's stunning. I mean, it's impressive. I, I won't lie. The first time I visited Petra, I was, I was an adult. I was, um, it was too, it was, I, I didn't admit it until after I went, I can tell people it's embarrassing, but that's what happens, right? When you're from a country, you're like, oh, I'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was blown away and I felt like, I felt properly like a tourist. I just couldn't believe this, this, place exists and it that I mean when you want to talk about magical I think that is definitely magical mm-hmm. um it's it's one of those things I mean I know either the internet is is loaded with pictures of Petra but again just to experience it to be there you feel like you are you know bajillions <laughs> you're living bajillions of years ago um mm-hmm. and to think that um such an ancient civilization was able to construct such it's such oh, a, a masterpiece yeah is is yeah is amazing i mean that just blows me away I, it's a lot of walking <laughs> again don't go in it's really it hot petra's really big it's so much more it than just the big. treasury so the treasury is the thing that comes to your mind when you think of petra if i mean okay if you don't know what petra is it's the city that's like carved into rocks and cliffs don't yeah. yeah um and it's also the place where Indiana Jones finds the Holy Grail. You know, I mean, these right, are important things. <laughs> Very important. Important part parts of history. of history when Indiana Jones was there. Um, luckily, they rebuilt it after the movie. <laughs> no, it is still standing. But um, but the treasury is that uh, beautiful facade that you picture when you see when you think of Petra, but Petra, this it's a city and it's way bigger than that. Um, and it used to be a big hub for trade and mm-hmm. the engineering, I, I guess you could call it, is amazing. I really recommend when you go to Petra, go with a guide. If you're on a guided yes. trip, go with a guide because it's Definitely really, really worth it to learn about what you're seeing as you walk. Otherwise you will miss so many things. So much. I have to say the Sikh, which is the canyon it's like a slot canyon the one you Mm -hmm. walk down uh to get to the treasury it's one of the entrances to petra um is that the entrance is that the entrance you walk through it is it's the main entrance so when we did the jordan trail we actually if you do the jordan trail from north to south you actually come in the back so we came in the back by the um monastery right which is so cool too i mean it's kind of right. like a, a it, it's like a different Defin- version of the treasury you know it's just like definitely you should i think you should definitely make it to the monastery if you're if oh, yeah. you've reached Petra, you should definitely make it to the monastery um but yeah the entrance through the seek i think is is it's worth it because yeah there's, it's just so it's so oh, rewarding man. by the end of it when <laughs> you're yeah. walking through this teeny tiny tunnel mm-hmm. um and you're and you're just surrounded by by stone mm-hmm. cliffs. And like you said, it's just a little tiny slit through the cliffs, mm-hmm. basically. And you can't really see what's at the end of it until no. you come out and it just opens up and it's... No, yeah, whoa. because it's winding and narrow and the the aqueducts that run through there are amazing. And, and if we're going to use the M word, I'm going to use it for the seek because that, mm. that walk, it's a kilometer. It's a kilometer long. Yep. Was absolutely like breathtakingly magical for me. I felt like we were running through. I'm like, can we please stop time? Yeah. Like, can we please slow down? I love this so much. It was, I mean, towering cliffs on either side of you. And it's just to, to learn, like I said, because we had a guide, there were so many things along the way that he pointed out to us that just blow your mind and all have to do with I mean, this is ancient. So Maybe I should go is... with a guide next time. You should. <laughs> I had to do my own, uh, I, had to, I, I had to be my own guide. But yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're right. I you should go with a guide. It. And like, you can hear, you can walk down it or um, there's a, they make it actually um, accessible to everybody. So you can take a horse carriage through it if you if you can't make the walk. 
And, or if you don't want to make the walk, if you just want to be cool and take a horse carriage. But uh, it's so cool because when you're in there, you can hear these carriages coming, like thundering down the canyon. <laughs> you have to figure out which direction they're coming from, A. And by the time they like come around the corner, it's like you got to like run out of the way. These guys are moving so fast. But the whole thing is just an experience to be felt and seen and heard. And it's it's so, so cool the way the light filters through it. Man, I loved that part. I'm actually and, and the, I think the color, the colors oh, yeah. of, of the rocks of the cliffs is just. Mm-hmm. I think that's what adds. Mm-hmm. It adds to the whole experience, um, and and also all the carvings and mm-hmm. and oh for, yeah yeah definitely definitely not to be missed. I mean yeah. I know um, everybody wants to sort of um, discover the lesser known and, and as you should the yeah. lesser known treasures of, of a destination, right. but sometimes you've got to do the big thing too. And this is definitely oh, one of yeah. them. You have, exactly. Well said. You have to do this. Um, in fact, it's so worth it to do it this way that, uh, meaning going through the seek to the treasury as well, that, um, because we came in through the back, um, mm. we, oh, this was so cool. And this is another thing you can only do with a guide. I couldn't even tell you where this is because it's not on a map. But um, oh, after, yeah, after now I'm doing, little, now I'm a little concerned. Okay, no, it was so Indiana Jones. It was amazing. After doing the monastery and like going in through kind of the main area of Petra, we mm-hmm. went off to the side. We're like, dude, it's like 115 degrees. Like, where are you taking us? You know, and uh, we knew that he was avoiding the treasury. We knew he didn't want to take us there through the back because you have to see it through the seat. You have to see it through the seat. So instead, we went to this amazing, tiny little canyon, like tiny slot canyon that we literally had to like jump. We had to like throw rocks into a puddle because the puddle was too deep. So we had to throw rocks in the puddle to give us stepping stones. We could get through the puddle and like climb up these rocks. It's like, once you're in, you're in and there was no turning back. It it felt, we were like one of the guys, I'm not kidding you, pulled out his phone and put on the Indiana Jones theme song. And we were like, (laughs) it was so, I mean, nerds unite. It was amazing. We had so much fun. And then I'm not even kidding you, a herd of goats, like started approaching us as we're, we're, we're getting through this first puddle and climbing up this rock to the point of no return. And these goats are like threatening us. Like they're like following super close and they followed us through the entire canyon. It was so much fun. I'm so going to do that. But anyway, that, so that canyon tunnel shoots you out right at the entrance to the seek. And so then you you exit Petra in the main exit or the main entrance way. You the just totally skip the seek. So it's perfect. Smart. And oh, yeah. Perfect. So, and then the next morning we got up early and we went through the seek and did the whole traditional like treasury thing. And it was so worth it. It was just like a grand finale to a, a brilliant five days on the trail, which we, um, we had been, you know, we hiked there from Dana. Have you been to Dana? I actually know I made it to Finan and okay. never made it to Dana, but uh, that is definitely on my bucket list. Don't tell anyone I said that. Just let's just pretend I've been. <laughs> <laughs> Thousands of people did not just hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's our little secret. Did you go to Finan Eco Lodge? Did we already? Yes, talk about I this? did. Okay, I did. so Is that, that was, you guys stayed? Yeah, that was one of our. Actually, that was our first night on the trail. Was at Finan Eco Lodge, which was super cool. It's like candlelit. Um, it's eco so lodge in the middle I of love the- it. And it's run, it's run by the Bedouin in the area mm-hmm. or, you know, they, they work there. They, they, yeah. they intentionally employ Absolutely. a Bedouin from the area. And I thought yeah. that was such a, such a smart move. Yeah. First, who knows the area better than them. Right. Right. And secondly, you really want to experience the hospitality of the population of that given area. So again, who better cannot to be them? understated when we arrived there, uh, we, we met up with one of the the local guides <laughs> and by local, I mean, when we were, so we went out to do like a sunset walk. Um, and oh, right. on yeah, the way, beautiful. I mean, we only walked like 20 minutes out to this viewpoint mm-hmm. where we could see the sun setting across the desert. And on the way we passed his, uh, family home. Um, and so the Bedouins live in tents, essentially tarped. Yes. Uh, and this was his winter home. No, 
summer home. No, winter home because it's summer now. So they were about to be moving the next day to their summer home because the change of season, which I just loved because these are all tarped places. And they just pick... I mean, for the winter, they were a little deeper in the canyon, a little bit more protected um, from cold Mm. and winds, et cetera, for their animals, whatever. And then in the summertime, they go out where it's a little more open with a little more breeze, et cetera. It was so cool. But we went in... He was like, do you want to meet my family? We're like, yes. Because when guides ask you if you want to do something, (laughs) you say yes, always. You say yes. Yes. And so we went in and they were shearing the goats. He's like, do you want to shear the goats? (laughs) So You're kidding me. No. And so... Iman sheared one of the goats, our guide, and they, I mean, I had been eyeing these baby, baby goats, like up at the back. And he's like, oh, you like the babies? And we walked back and he just picks one up and put it in my arms. And I, I was in heaven. I was in heaven. The goats are everywhere in Finan. They just kind of walk up to you when you're sitting around having breakfast at the lodge. They're everywhere Um, anyway. I mean, that's what they do. They just roam and the Bedouins. I mean, it's so cool. They know exactly where their goats are. They can tell you how many they know. I mean, there was one bed, uh, actually a couple Bedouin guys we had, we had passed on the way that day. And every single Bedouin you pass, by the way, has a story. And you have to talk to all of them and they all invite you for tea. It's amazing. Um, But this guy had this really cool old pair of, um, I, what are they called? I, what are the, 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 uh, the binoculars, binoculars, but no, 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 the binoculars. Oh, sorry. Easy word. I just forgot. Um, (laughs) He's like, oh no, I'm, I'm just watching my goats. And we're all like, what? Like where goats, (laughs) you know, like where? And he's like, oh, they're up on the mountain here. And he just gives us the binoculars and he, seriously, there was like a herd of 60 goats up on the mountains. We never would have even seen them. They were so yeah, far yeah. away. Yeah, he knows exactly where every single one of them were. And he and impressive. it's like his little son or somebody was with him and he was just like starting a fire and making some tea. And like, these guys are so badass. They're I, they so are really cool. badass. And, and they know it's cra- their sense of direction is insane. I remember, uh, I remember asking them, you know, how do you know how to get around? Because <laughs> there, are no, there are no roads. It's just yeah. desert. And, and, and yeah. like you said, they know where their families are. They know where their goats are. Yes. They know where everything is. And I'm just like, how on earth do you not get lost? It's kind of crazy out there. And they yeah. are, they do it old school, you know? They, they do it old school. They, totally. they look for the stars. And and the, and w- one of the Bedouin guys I was talking to said that they trust their donkeys, apparently. So their donkeys supposedly oh, yeah. also have this like brilliant sense of direction and they can mm-hmm. guide you home in the in pitch darkness. Yep. And they trust their camels to find water. It's amazing. They're they're like super connected with nature. That's how they do it. Oh, yeah. That's how they do oh, it. Yeah. It's fascinating. And the stargazing out there, you mentioned the stars, is unbelievable so, as well. Gorgeous. Yeah. Lovely. The Bedouins were... That's another thing you have to experience. Yeah. And you know oh, what? Yeah. That's another reason you have to go with a guide. You guys, listen to me. Go with a guide because you don't speak their language and you need to be able to talk to these people to understand how amazing they are and how just kind they are. I mean, like everybody had experience you Mm -hmm. had just the fact that they get to invite you into their lives, into their homes. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll miss out on that experience. You will. will. And I feel like that's, that's the connection. Like that's where the magic of Jordan happens is the, is those, those connections. Uh, um, it makes me so happy to hear you say that. Oh, it's so true though. Like it's so true. One guy pulled out his flute for us and just played us a little tune. It was amazing. Like, <laughs> and I mean, we had no idea. He's like kind of following, like he catches up to us, of course, oh. coming down the trail. And I mean, this was within 10 minutes of getting on the trail. It was our first encounter. And at this point, we had no idea what these encounters would be like. We're just like kind of quiet. And Iman starts talking to him. Dude whips out a flute and starts playing. And we're like, okay, we love you. You know, like this is amazing. (laughs) I mean, it's like echoing in the canyon. By the way, Jordan is not flat. We were, I mean, that first day, I don't know how much elevation we lost, but we were hiking (laughs) through a beautiful canyon, like down Mm. to the valley floor, which of course we had to come back up. Uh, eventually there was lots Event, of yeah. up and down and it's For sure, incredibly mountainous. Jordan. Mm-hmm. 
very, mm. very, which is, but that's why we have, I think, some incredible landscapes and there is no shortage of wadis, of valleys to hike through. So yeah. you, you'll never be done. I mean, if you come back again for a second oh time, my which I hope you do, I I'm will. sure you can see, a, you can experience a whole other Jordan mm. just mm-hmm. because it's endless that way. Yeah. Um, I want to go to Wadi um, Mu, what's it called? Mujib. Mujib. Wadi Mujib. That, yes, I really, really want to see that. Um, you've got it. By the way, wadi means canyon or valley. And so there yes. are, I love saying that, there are wadis all over Jordan. <laughs> wadi is a great <laughs> word. Um, but when you hear like wadi rum, that it just means that that's the, a canyon or a valley of some sort. But yeah, and then we finished our trip in, well, we finished at the Dead Sea. We already talked about that. But we also <laughs> went to Mars. <laughs> um, yeah, wadi so rum. Mars which is, uh, I haven't seen The Martian, but they filmed that there. So if you guys if you guys have seen that, you get an idea of what it looks like. Basically, if you picture whatever Mars looks like to you, that's Wadi Rum. <laughs> it was so cool. We stayed in like domes in the desert. The stargazing was amazing. We ate lamb cooked in the earth. We did a Jeep tour. We watched the sunset over the desert. That was actually the same day that we had been at the treasury in Petra. And so, so you went to the... It was like we an epic day. Yeah. So we, we, after the treasury, we, uh, cause you know, that was the last day of, of our Petra visit. And so after that, we, oh, right. we drove down to Wadi Rum and, and we did all of that that I just mentioned in one day. That's kind of crazy. It, yeah, How long did crazy. you stay in Wadi Rum? Was it just for the night? And yeah, then you guys just one night. Kept going. But did you, the, did you say that? Did you stay in the in the Martian dome? Yes, the yeah. Martian did dome. Did you really? Oh, yeah, I mean, we did. And nice. here, I haven't actually stayed inside the dome. Oh, man. It's so worth I it. So, and waved, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing that is, those domes are like a bucket list thing. Like, they're you just so have to, yeah, you, nice. It's one of those things you just got to do. Yeah, they're so luxurious. They're over the top. I mean, they're air conditioned. They have their own bathroom and you're in the middle of the desert and <laughs> you have this wall of just a plastic window and you can see the Milky Way in the middle of the night. You know, it's amazing. It's, but if you're gonna go all the way to Wadi Rum, spend the money and stay in the Martian Dome, you know, like that was it. my take on Absolutely. it. So, and you can still experience the desert. You know, you can do the whole... Uh, you don't have to camp out in the desert. If you, you can still get the whole experience, you can um, you can hop on one of the trucks, the Bedouin yeah. trucks, and mm-hmm. just go out into the middle of the desert and make some tea. Um, they'll find a really nice spot for you to hang out, spend mm-hmm. the night there, come back, sleep in your Martian dome, and yeah. best of both worlds. That's exactly what we did. Mixed in with nice. some chasing each other down sand dunes and watching <laughs> watching the These sunset are just a bunch of 5 year olds during this oh, trip oh man it's so fun adventure travel brings out the the, the child in you you know like the yeah. the curious and adventurous and yeah so fun i feel like we just talked about my whole like experience in jordan which is awesome cuz that's what i wanted to mostly talk about but there's so much more about jordan that i really wanted to touch on. And so maybe let's see if we can just get through some of these things. Cause I have, I'm just going to pose these as questions for you. Okay. Um, sure. Just to talk a little bit more about Jordan and maybe some stereotypes and um, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Actually, I mean, I'll speak from my own personal exactly. experience. I'm sure that it, 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 you know, depending on what sort of life you live here. I mean, you've seen, you've met a lot of people in Jordan uh, from north to south, and I'm sure you've noticed that lifestyles can be very different and ideologies can vary greatly. So I can speak from my own experience, but you know, whatever it is, it's worth noting that somebody else might have a completely different experience than I do or a different perspective about something than I do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll do my best. So let me, so what is it? So on the, okay, well, let's just start here. Cause that's a good point. Um, the first day that I got to Jordan, um, that you and I met up and we went to, to break, to bre- to all the food, Brec- um, breakfast, brunch and lunch and yeah. dinner <laughs> in, in um, one sitting. And I asked you before you came to pick me up, I asked you, I mean, it's like, it, what was it? 90? It was hot out. It was hot. Whatever it was, it was hot. And was hot. I just remember asking you, what should I wear? Like what, yeah. what is appropriate? What's appropriate? Because, yeah. Like I didn't, 
Ness, I didn't pack for this trip. I packed for you know eight months abroad, and I had been in Patagonia and Europe, and, and so I didn't right. pack specially for Jordan at all. Jordan. So I just had what I had, and I just wanted to know, you know, like what's appropriate, what should I wear? And you were like, wear whatever you want, like just be comfortable, yeah. and it's fine. And and you showed up wearing. I love this because we were actually wearing like exactly the same thing, but you <laughs> were wearing jeans and a tank top and like your bra strap was showing, you know, it's like you're wearing just yep. like a regular tank. Like you looked just like I did. I'm like, okay, right. well, I feel better, you know, because I guess yeah. it's fine. Yeah. And that's Aman for one. That's also Jordan for two. Um, but what it, let's just talk about the dress just yeah. for a minute because I know you also grew up in Saudi. And so yeah. it's a little different <laughs> there. Um, Very different. Yeah, you can't you can't do that in Saudi, for example. So in Saudi, you'd have to cover up. Um, Jordan's obviously different because it's not the law. You, there is no law stating that you have to cover up um, the way you do in Saudi, for example. Um, but like you said, in Amman, so in the capital and the city, um, it's a little bit more liberal. You people, you know, we get a lot of visitors, a lot of tourists. Um, but also just as Jordanians and especially West Amman. So we were in West Amman, which is a little bit more, I want to say open-minded for, uh, lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. a little bit more liberal and, uh, people don't really stare at you very much. Doesn't matter what you're wearing. You could go out in shorts and t-shirt and you'll be fine. If you're going to go to a different part of Amman, you could still wear what you want, but you probably wouldn't feel that comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, a more conservative part of Amman. Now, if you're going to go to other parts of Jordan, again, depends. If you're going to a touristic area specifically, or if you're going to, you know, on a hike or, you know, whatever it is, nobody's really going to ask, nobody's going to care what you wear. You can wear whatever is comfortable. But if you're going to go to a city, so not, a, you know, non-tourist, <laughs> non-touristic dust, uh, area of Jordan that's more conservative, like Ma'an in the South, for example, mm-hmm. you're going to want to cover up a lot more. You don't have to cover your head, but you were, you, you know, it's probably not only, it's inappropriate. I mean, that's, that's just, mm-hmm. it. it's inappropriate to wear something that's a little bit more revealing, revealing, even though I don't think what we, to you and me, what we were wearing was not revealing, but mm-hmm. to them, it would be very revealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to avoid sort of being chased or, or stared at or followed, or even, you know, who knows, possibly even scolded or whatever, or just to be safe and to be, to feel comfortable and also as a sign of respect, I guess, you want to dress according to what's appropriate to that given area. So if you were in Ma'an, which I don't think you'd ever need to go there, <laughs> but it's a very conservative part of Jordan. Um, and uh, yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't dress the way that we were dressed that day, probably mm-hmm. there. You wouldn't want to. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but like I said, it's not the law and you still yeah. can wear whatever you want. And I, as bad, I tend to make it a point to be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to wear what I want. I want to be comfortable. Um, I'm willing to take my chances Mm -hmm. and, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I think it took me a while to get to that point. So at first I'd always be a little bit concerned. And then I'm, you know, after Mm -hmm. just living here for so many years, you kind of go, I know I'm, I find, as long as I'm safe and I'm not doing something stupid that's going to put me in some, in some sort of risk, then I'll wear what I want. Yeah. I know that when we were on the trail, we were encouraged um, to cover up whenever we were with the Bedouins. Um, right. You know, and so we right. made sure to have sleeves and... Um, but you know, it's, yes. it's so hot in the desert that it actually makes more sense. Like it's better for you to have a long layer of sleeves, um, a light that's long sleeve than it is to wear, you know, a tank top and just get burned. Yeah, you don't want to burn. You'll burn yeah. if you, exactly. So it's actually, mm-hmm. yeah, win-win, I suppose. Yeah, but it even, was easy. Yeah, yeah, even with the, it's true, with the Bedouin, it's, it's, it's more of a respectful gesture, I think, to just dress modestly. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, if you felt more comfortable in a tank. I mean, if I really felt more comfortable in a tank top around the bedroom and I really want, it was too hot and I couldn't wear something with sleeves, I might, you know, be like, you know, whatever, it'll be okay. What are they going to do? Are they going to chase me down? Are they going to chase me they back They might home? propose to you. They might. You <laughs> Those know, guys which is have four, up to four wives. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You never, you might get lucky. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. So that's good. Um, what about I'm wondering if anyone listening is surprised at your English 
Because since <laughs> I, I've known you for so long that I kind of almost forget about this. But, um, but you guys, it's so fascinating to listen to you talk in Jordan <laughs> because your language is... I mean, obviously, we're only speaking English today. But right. you are so... Your language in Jordan is... It's not completely Arabic and it's not completely English. It's like a mix of yeah. the two. And so... <laughs> so where does that come from? Like, can you explain yeah. to people why you speak English so well and like how that's so normal there? And um, it's, I mean... It's normal in part. I mean, it, yeah. again, it depends. It, it's normal in certain societies in Jordan. I think, again, Amman and West Amman tends to have that identity or yeah. that language where people just kind of cross over between English and Arabic. Um, I personally was... Uh, I went to at first a British school and then an American school growing up in Saudi Arabia. Um, so that just became my more comfortable language, even mm-hmm. uh, more comfortable than Arabic. I barely have. And in the Gulf, it's a little bit different because it's such a melting pot. It's very international. You've got a lot of expats living and working there. So you don't even need Arabic um, for the most part. Now you're starting to need it a little bit more. But when I was going to school and I started working in the Gulf, um, I didn't need, I needed English more than I needed Arabic. Um, Jordan's a little different because the majority of Jordan doesn't speak this way. Most of them will speak just strictly in Arabic, even if they do know English, little English or did study a little English at school. Um, but yeah, in West Amman in particular, that's it's become more and more common. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's, uh, a lot, a lot of non-West Ammani Jordanians will make fun of us <laughs> for for speaking that way. Um, it's sort of a running joke, and um, but it, yeah, it's uh, it's you know it's, it's strange. We've kind of developed our our own little language, I guess. Uh, the yeah, the so Arab easy. Cool. <laughs> it's so cool. I was gonna say yeah, because the like for example the. The Bedouins, and when you really get into the country, there, you know, they don't, they don't speak English. Um, but there is, there are two things that I think they all know, and that's welcome to Jordan. You, you good. hear that so far, so good. Echoing off of any canyon in Jordan, welcome to Jordan, <laughs> welcome to Jordan. And also, what's your, what's your name? <laughs> uh, that's it. Um, I'm so happy. I thought the second question was going to be, will you marry me? Oh. <laughs> What's your name is a good start. Take it slow. I never heard that in Jordan. And so maybe I made it out. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was so funny because all the kids, like when we were up in the north, welcome to Jordan. What's your name? What's your name? (laughs) And so we say our name and we say, what's your name? And then they respond with like the biggest smiles on their faces because they just spoke in English with you. Yeah, that's right. You know, like just so cool. Uh, but yeah. Okay. So language, but also don't let that deter you from coming because you can find English. It's there. It does exist. It's there. No, Mm -hmm. it's there. And, and I think they're making it a point to teach, um, a lot of the guides and the Bedouins a little bit more English since they have to interact with tourists a lot. So I think it's probably even getting better and better. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. And you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll, play our little language thing. Remember when we were in the car and oh, yeah. recorded us having that conversation? About <laughs> our language. little language session. <laughs> yes. Because I wanted to learn some Arabic. Okay. I'm going to stop it right there real quick, you guys, and take you back in time to that conversation that I just mentioned where Ban and I are in the car in Amman the first day that I was in Jordan. And we had a little conversation about language. And then we'll cut right back into uh, this conversation when our little language detour is over. Okay, so back to Arabic. Let's learn some things. Let's learn some things. What do you need to know? I need to know thank you. Shukran. Shukran. Yeah. Shukran. Okay. Easy peasy. I have to remember that. Thank you. Please. Lo samahat. Say it again. You can just say please. <laughs> You'll notice that a lot of people will just use a um, please. So they'll use hi. the English they'll word. Say hi, right? So you've noticed how many times I've said you hi. You have said hi. Hello uh, is it different. No, marhaba. Marhaba. You'll say marhaba for hello. Or okay. hi. And either one is just, you know, it's very common. Especially That's in Amman. Maybe not outside of Amman. Okay. But um, shukr, uh, shukran, so what was that the word we said? Lo samahat. Please. Oh. So you'll, you'll say lo samahat, which which actually means lo if you samahat. please. <laughs> if you want if to. You, like s'il vous plaît. Like s'il vous plaît. Yeah, yeah. okay. Lo samahat. If lo you're samahat. speaking to a man, if you're speaking to a woman, it's lo samahti. Oh. 
So that's it's different. It's so you can just say please. You can just say please. Do they even say that here though? Like you can in say Amman, please. Again, you'll hear a lot of people just say please. But outside of Amman, because I'm going to be in be lots of places. So yeah. will it benefit me to know how to say please for real? Yeah. Yes, it will. Okay. And so, then لو سمحت, if you're speaking to Amman, لو لو سمحت, T. So you just ask, put an accent or it's T. Yeah. لو so, سمحت. لو سمحت. How did I do? Great. Okay. You're a pro. <laughs> You're natural. We're done. Lo <laughs> For please. For please. You have to pay attention. And with thank you, it's always shukran. It's always shukran. Shukran. Okay. And then hello is marhaba. Yes. That, and that's very much like Turkish. Yeah, it's merhaba, merhaba. in Turkish. Yeah. So marhaba. Um, and you don't say cheers. You say cheers. You say bisahtak or bisahtek, which is the official cheers. But really because... Yeah, again, it's one of those things that most people just say you have, cheers. You yeah. adopt adopted the English word yeah. cheers. Okay. Cheers. Well, okay. Yeah. Um it's probably because not too many people drink here. It's probably like goodbye. Uh, salame. It translated literally, that would probably mean with peace. Okay. So salam. 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 Yeah. Okay. Or with say I guess salame is with um uh, safety, I guess, almost. Okay. So peace or safety, because salam is peace. Salame is um, well-being. So, okay. Um, or safety, I guess. That would be the literal translation. I've never really thought about this before. Mm-hmm. So, ma'asalame would be goodbye. Ma. Okay, say it again. Ma. 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 It has <laughs> yeah. two A's with a thing. Yeah, ma. Ma. A is two A's. <laughs> ma. <laughs> If it sounds ma. like a goat, you're doing it right. Okay. <laughs> ma. Ma. As-salame. Ma. As-salame. Yes. Ma. As-salame. Perfect. Ma. As-salame. Ma. I got to write these things down. Yeah. Uh, hello. Goodbye. Please. Thank you. Usually, I learn... Wait. I wonder if I've learned this before. I bet you have taught this to me before. I bet you taught this to me when we were in Italy. I'm hungry. Ha! I've def- I definitely taught you this because everything you and I did involved eating. So, <laughs> does um, it start with Anna? And Anna, you can say Anna or you cannot say Anna. It's kind of like Italian where you can say okay. you or without yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd say Joanne because you're a girl. Joanne. So you'd say Joanne. If you're a man, you'd say Joan. Joan. Okay, so I'm Joanne. Yeah. Anna Joanne. Or you could just Anna say Joanne. Joanne without that. Joanne. That means I'm hungry. Or Jo'et means I got hungry. Jo'et. Yeah. I got hungry. I I am now hungry. I am now hungry. I just got it. (laughs) It just happened. It just happened. That happens a lot. (laughs) Um, I'm going to shut this off. Thanks for the language lesson. Welcome. (laughs) Maybe I'll include that. You're good. You're good with languages. You could totally learn Arabic. If anyone could do it, it's you. I could. Maybe I'll accept that as a challenge. And while I'm at it, I'm going to learn Dothraki, right? (laughs) (laughs) I'll learn Dothraki with you. (laughs) Might as well. Um, Halfway there. Okay. Nerd alert. Moving on. Is there anything you want to add about Jordan while you have everyone's attention? Oh, good. Not to put you on the spot. Uh, You know what? Not at all. You know what we didn't even (laughs) talk about? The food. Oh you could probably, How could we not have I suppose, come eat? What? Come here and eat everything. Oh That's my gosh, what I yeah. To. That is something you could fill an entire podcast episode with uh, just on its own. It just occurred to me that we never even got into the cuisine. And that's and honestly, that's another thing you've just got to discover. You have to yeah. taste the food. And it's endless. And endless. it's another reason to use the M word, the magic word for, <laughs> Magical. for Jordan. <laughs> that's... There you go. If you want to ask, you know, if you want to ask someone to define or to describe why Jordan is magical, I'll go straight to food. That's my favorite thing. <laughs> well, and I'll never let's get start with the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. Um, it is absolutely one of the. What things. was your favorite thing? What was your favorite dish? The favorite. If you food? can remember. I remember or ingredient. Them. You know what I loved you know what? was um, Lebanon. <laughs> oh yes, Her, I can. I think I, I I could easily have a Lebana sandwich every single morning. <laughs> put it <laughs> on mind. everything. I could put that on everything. I really liked yeah. that. Like the it's basically like a sour cream or yeah. like a yeah. I guess yeah, it's like kind of like sour cream. cream. 
But yeah. the spices, mm-hmm. everything is so well balanced with spice and not overwhelming, but delicious. And I mean, yeah. overwhelming we because a lot of cultures are strong, like watch out for your right. stomach kind of spices. And But Jordan's right. like beautifully, deliciously... Every, okay, here's something that's true. Mm-hmm. I liked just, I think just about everything that I tried in Jordan. I tried a lot of different foods. Oh, good. That is a huge testament to... I mean, because I'm kind of picky. <laughs> I can be picky. And I liked everything that I tried. Oh, you did well. So you, you did well. I was, I was really happy to see you enjoying that because oh, it, yeah, it's true. It could. <laughs> could go either way. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, promise you good. there's still more you've got to try. Next time you come to Jordan, I'll make sure my mom cooks for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yay. You need a, you need a nice home-cooked meal by my mom. I would love And then you're good. You're sorted. Okay, well, now I have a new item on my bucket list. (laughs) That's never... And everybody else out there is invited to... Oh, yeah. (laughs) My mom will love to feed you all. Okay, well, I mentioned that about the food, but is there anything else that you want to add? (laughs) No, I think... I I mean, I think you... The way you described your experience was just beautiful. Um, I think there's just so much to see and so much to do. Um, and there's something for everyone. Mm. So uh, if you're looking for adventure, it's there. If you're looking to just kick back and eat, it's there. Oh yeah. If you're Um, looking for culture, it's there. If you're looking for history, holy goodness. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just something for everyone. Mm. Um, I think all all there is to say is you've got to experience it. You will not be disappointed. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In fact, I think you'll probably be blown away. In the way that I was. Because I don't think anything can really prepare you for the experiences. So Mm. don't take my word for it. Go figure it out yourself. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right, Ben. Thank you so much. It's been so nice reconnecting with you. It was so good to see you in Jordan. And thank you for being my city Amman guide for a day. And (laughs) Anytime. I'll be waiting for you to come back. All right. I will come back. I promise. All right, we're going to shift to the other voices. These are our 2018 trip participants having final thoughts and reflections around one last round of drinks at the Dead Sea together. I think having the chance to explore Jordan in a deeper way with great people is great, Rose, especially because it's my first trip outside of America. And it's... um, a place very close to the roots of my family. So having that and sharing that with great people like you guys and having a great moment like the one that you guys shared, this is definitely a trip that I'm not going to forget. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you all for that. Thank you. Cheers. That's pretty cool. For documenting so beautifully. I'm happy to share that anytime, guys. I love that this is my second trip doing something, one of your trips. And I've, like, the people that sign up for this kind of stuff are just awesome people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're going to do something like this, you're going to be cool. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be so cool. Totally okay. Right. I mean, like, right from the get-go, we were all just, like, bonding, and, you know, immediately. And then it was, like, next thing you know, joking Disney around. Quotes. Disney quotes. <laughs> Indiana Jones <laughs> all the time. Like, it's just, it's yeah. been... Like-minded people, awesome. you, yeah. you have common ground already. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Well, you all, I mean, it takes it takes a certain type of person to have, like, the kind of courage to just to sign up for something like this. Mm-hmm. Go way out of their comfort zone yeah. to a foreign country. It takes a certain type of person, so it's just, a, it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. It takes a lot of faith and a lot of open-mindedness. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to that. Yeah. Yay. So open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, my mind was blown by like the kindness and the beauty of the people in the land. Everyone was really nice. Yeah. yeah like, was I, really I feel like I was so naive. Like every Bedouin. Yeah. 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 We were so we well, and, yeah. 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 Not even drove by. Every single person by. greeted us That's with a smile. I love the United States. Welcome to like, my country. Yeah. I remember the first day at the Citadel. Remember how you guys stayed 
and decided to like do your own thing, and the rest of us went with the guide. Yeah. And we came back and we found you talking. We saw, looked over, and we saw you talking to the tourist police. Yeah. We were, I was kind of nervous. I was like, uh oh, like what happened? Like, and you came over to find him giving us yeah. a hard time about our pronunciation. Yeah. And <laughs> up to see him smiling at you, welcoming you yeah. to his country. And then looking over at us, giving us a big smile, saying welcome. And then looking around at the other tourist place, they're like, we're so happy you're here and enjoying our land. He was just excited to tell us about his culture. city. Yeah. I think he was asking and us. And I like, was like, I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. So so one thing he was asking us, right? Like, what did we think of Jordan? And we kept saying, yeah. like, people are nice and stuff. The one thing that we didn't say, but he told us was, he was like, it was like magic. Jordan's magical. He right? did, yeah. So, uh, he was like, I was like, guess again. Guess so, again. Like, that, that was the first day for us, right? We are like, Magical, okay. Yeah, like, he but, said that, yeah. yeah. And then but after, like, these past, like, five, six days, like... It's I think totally magical. Yeah. yeah. It is. Jordan is magic. Jordan is magic. When I got back from this trip, I wrote a big blog post to sort of download and reflect on everything that I had experienced. And it was only in writing that post that I finally realized what that phrase meant. Um, And I'm going to share that with you. This is what I wrote. Jordan is magic. I had heard it said multiple times by several people about Jordan before I went there myself, but I never understood it and couldn't appreciate it. As much as we try, we can't wrap our heads around magic. It leaves a lot to be explored because simply saying those words doesn't actually describe anything. It just shrouds it in mystery and whimsy. Hearing these words did, however, instill a deep desire inside me to go and understand for myself why the M word is so often used to describe Jordan. So I went, I explored, I experienced, I interacted with Jordan, and I get it now. Jordan is magic is not a description after all. It's an invitation. And this is where I pass it along to you. Go to Jordan yourself, feel, see, float, taste, touch, communicate, laugh, and discover the spellbinding charm of this incredible country on your own. There's no doubt in my mind that you'll get it too. (laughs) Uh, I am sitting in my kitchen right now in Bozeman, Montana in 2022. And my heart is bursting, just so full and excited. Even so many years and so many miles removed from this experience, I can still feel it. And I'm so excited to be going back with so many of you in just a matter of months. So if you'd like to join us, head over to jumpadventures.com slash Jordan. As of publishing, there are still spots left. So we can't wait to see you in Jordan this April. If you can't make it for this trip for one reason or other, but you want to go, get in touch with us. We will be sending small groups or we can create a private trip for you and your friends. So just get in touch with us and we will go from there. You can email support at jumpadventures.com for questions or custom trips. And you can book any of our upcoming group trips at jumpadventures.com. And I said I had a fun piece of news to share. You know how I mentioned to Ben that I really, really wanted to go to Wadi Mujib? Well, we have successfully included that in our itinerary now. So even that part will be new for me on this next journey to Jordan. Um, But I'm very excited that we finally get to go there as well and that I get to share that with you. It's going to be such an adventure. So whether you are joining us in Jordan in real life or not, I sincerely hope you have enjoyed this little escape today, the beauty, the magic, the invitation that is Jordan. And I sincerely hope you make it there yourself someday. And now I will leave you to your newly inspired daydreams of Jordan. Thank you for listening. And also you're welcome. (laughs) 